You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Laura Weber Davis, co-hosting this week with Chuck Wilbur, former WDET News Director and longtime public policy consultant. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Chuck. It's been awesome. It's been great, Laura. And let's lighten the mood a little bit. It's been heavy over the past couple of days. I mean, even though we've had laughs, it's sort of through some tears uh, that, that some of these subjects have come up, uh, kind of the... Um, this insanity a little bit of the Republican National Convention and some of the brouhaha that we witnessed. And here to help us decipher it is Nancy Kaffer, columnist with the Detroit Free Press. Nancy, welcome. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hi, So you wrote an article this week uh, about the eight reality. This started as a conversation on Facebook Mm -hmm. and turned into a column, which I I appreciate. I had a dream that I had written a column called uh, 20 Reality Show Stars Who'd Be Better Presidents Than Donald Trump. And then I posted (laughs) about it on Facebook and people seemed so excited about the idea that I... (laughs) <laughs> I convinced my editors to let me write it. So, well, some okay. of the people that you um, listed were Chairman Kaga from the Iron Chef, mm-hmm. as well as RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag yeah, Race. I have to say, I wrote this back when this all still seemed funny. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's sort of well, cycle. That's what I was going to say is, is you know, we laugh about this about Donald Trump being a reality television star that upsets a lot of people who feel like he's no first a successful businessman. Uh, and real estate guy, but um, is are we at a point where we have to laugh because some of this is just so unconventional and frustrating? I think we always have to laugh. I think that uh, I think that even if we stop laughing, I think you know the bad guys have won. Um, but you know, I did. I do think that there's been periods throughout this whole cycle where I everything has seemed you know just not even funny but beyond funny into absurd and, and mm-hmm. that, that you just you have to laugh and then it cycles back to terrifying and then back to we're living in this sort of surrealist uh, uh, dolly painting of what a campaign is supposed to look like but the clocks are all melting and people's faces are sliding off and that's sort of where we're at (laughs) so I sort of wrote this uh, I sort of wrote this column I don't even watch reality TV so that's what made my dream extra hilarious oh I do I feel like you've missed it you've missed a large portion of people who I think would make great presidents I I enjoy yeah no I I had a lot of input from a friend uh, who who could not believe that I left out New York from I love New York a show I have I have never actually have you seen how well Kris Jenner manners the man manages the Kardashian clan could she not manage the states? I don't know. M- much like John Dingle, I um, am largely unfamiliar with the doings of the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, he made a, he had a, f- a famous tweet about um, staff has explained to me now what a Kardashian is. What, Still yes, confused. Right. Yeah. I'm curious for both of you, though. Uh, when I was involved in politics more directly, I always felt that it was an achievement if you could get out of the issues and answers side of politics and reach the cultural level with people. Oh, oh. And so are we going to go through a period now where people who start out on the cultural side, if you will, in the broadest sense, um, have an advantage when they come into the political sphere? So I think, um, yes, probably. We live in a world uh, of brand building. And if you have this brand, if you have, uh, you know, Donald Trump, I mean, okay, here's my, uh, here's my, my, my feeling about Donald Trump leading up to this was always like, yeah, he had a lot of bankruptcies, he had a lot of messy marriages, there seemed to be no real consensus on whether or not he's actually a successful businessman. He had this reality show, um, which seemed kind of embarrassing to me if you're, if you're a successful businessman, but apparently other people thought that that was a great recommendation. But yeah, he was using all this time to build his brand with people, and now they have this attachment to him in much the same way you may feel an attachment to a Kardashian or to uh, I feel no RuPaul attachments to any Kardashians. Whatever. Do not put that on me, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, no, it definitely seems 
seems as though there is this advance. You know, part of the, um, I mean, as the old truism in politics that uh, name recognition, um, if you have to spend um, 50 cents to change someone's mind about your about who you are, uh, it's better than having to spend a dollar to tell them who you are so they'll learn your name. Um, but speaking of the cultural uh, aspect, the children at my son's day camp are playing a hand clapping game this summer that involves Donald Trump. You know, hand clapping games kids play? Sure. Miss Mary he, Mac, 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 yes. that one? He mm-hmm. is in Miss Susie Had a Steamboat territory now. It's which when I heard this, like when you're talking about um, um, politics becoming part of, of culture, uh, that when when I heard the kids at my son's day camp doing this, um, it's a whole thing. It starts off with downtown hanky panky, which um, someone okay. so, <laughs> some, right someone here. pointed out could have been a tabloid headline during Donald <laughs> Trump's uh, <laughs> previous life. But um, it ends with uh, Mickey Mickey Mouse had a house. Donald Trump messed it up. Who will pay the consequences? I owe you. And then what? you know whoever falls on you as they're clapping is is out. And then they do the round. but. But Weird. D- Donald Trump is now a part of a clap. children's hand clapping game. Um, and at some point, I'm going to write a column where I work this in and I point Much out like that disease was with Ring Around the Rosie. Right. Or London Bridge is falling down. But and So tr- out of tragedy, we get children's recess games is what you're saying. Yeah. And if I wanted to be really dire in a column about this, I could say who will pay the consequences. We're going to find out. <laughs> well, let's take a, a couple of calls. We have had people who've been hanging on the line. Matt is in Mount Clemens. Matt, welcome to the program. Matt. Hello? Yes, Matt, you're on. Hi. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I guess we'll start with the congressman. You know, he's just spewing out lies about Donald and everything. For one, he's never said that he would do things alone. Multiple times he said he would find people who knows what they're doing and add them to his circle of people who are going to do what they need to do. Then you're saying Hillary Clinton's not responsible for Benghazi, which is laughable, and is obviously a liberal left-wing bias. If you want the real news, go to Infowars.com or Breitbart or Disinfo.com or any other news source that's actually true, unlike you guys, which is biased and spew lies. Goodbye. Matt, I have to say that I find it ironic that you both listen to WDET and read InfoWars and trust them both as credible news sources. Why? Why is it that you think that the information on oh he hung up? Well, he Bye, said Matt, sorry. no. He said uh, read InfoWars, which is where the news is. Unlike you guys, uh, on oh I'm sorry, he listens but doesn't necessarily. Right. I think it's a very small. Uh, I think the overlap in the Venn diagram of InfoWars readers and DET listeners is a very small slice of the Venn diagram. Overlap. Uh, yes, that was that was interesting. Well, Matt, I'm sorry that you uh, feel like you're getting lies here. Uh, I I would hope that we're providing valuable assessment for you. In the future. Uh, I thought Congressman Levin's point of view was was a respectable one, and whether or not you agree with him is one thing, but whether or not he was spewing lies is another. Well, let's take another phone call here. Bill is in Bloomfield. Bill, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think the Republican Party just nominated a mentally ill person. And I'm very serious about it. And there have been a couple of articles, one recently in the New York Times, diagnosing him as a sociopath. And I think we need a lot more serious reporting on it. We we are we have someone who uh, lacks the ability to uh, empathize with others. We have someone who uh, lacks the ability to accept any responsibility for, for mistakes. And we are seriously in a situation where someone who is mentally ill could be president of this country with his finger on the button. 
and that scares the hell out of me. But Bill, let me ask you this. Doesn't, in a sense, the nomination of a major political party in the United States kind of signal the American people, no, this person's okay. You don't have to vote for them necessarily, but they're an acceptable choice for the position. And I think you're trying to argue that there's things we could learn about Donald Trump that would delegitimate him as a candidate altogether. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And just because you convince 40% of the um, population means you're a good con man, it doesn't mean you're sane. And uh, Donald Trump has a uh, narcissistic personality disorder which indicates he lacks empathy, and he truly is a sociopath. Bill, and, that, well, I, I appreciate the call, Bill. We actually just have a minute left here, and I want to get Nancy's reaction uh, along these lines. This week we have heard from the ghostwriter of The Art of the Deal, Donald Trump's very successful book, who says if he could rename the book, it would be called The Sociopath instead. I mean, we throw these terms out a lot about uh, sort of we're diagnosing somebody who we have no right to actually diagnose uh, as we aren't professionals in the mental health industry. Um, so, but, so I'm just curious, how dangerous is that going to that extreme where we feel like we can just cast these labels, Nancy, on people? Well, I think um, ultimately it's unproductive because um, I think that you may believe he's a sociopath, uh, you know, someone else. Saying that to someone who supports him doesn't actually uh, get you closer to your goal of not having him be president. I think it, I think that we have to be careful because uh, some of the rhetoric that um, even even I probably have engaged in um, just sort of hardens uh, the the opposition to the viewpoints that I would like to advance. <laughs> sometimes it's, uh, sometimes you have to go there. Sometimes you have to make those strong denunciations. But I think we also um, you know, have to be careful not to kind of go too far uh, in a direction that, that doesn't really get us where we want to go. Um, okay. So that's... Uh, Fair enough. And uh, coming back to the reason you originally asked me here, I think yes. RuPaul would make a fine president. Absolutely. We need to really go back to that idea. He so my, is uh, as much of a powerhouse uh, <laughs> as Donald Trump. And so much more gracious. <laughs> All right. Well, Nancy Kaffer is a columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Thank you so much for being here. Chuck Wilbur has been here all week. Chuck, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you here. I have truly enjoyed it. I have as well. And I hope you have. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm Laura Weber Davis. This program was produced by Jake Neer and our associate producer, Mary and Leah. They both helped out tremendously this week. Stephen will be back next week. Our technical director is Matthew Trevethan. Our program director is Joan Isabella. And our Detroit Today theme song is composed by WDET Sam Bobian. Go subscribe to the Detroit Today podcast. If you miss a day of conversation, you don't have to because you can subscribe on iTunes. This is WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you on Monday. <laughs>